0: This is the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast.
1: Yes, it is. This is Sportsbook, thanks to Melody Hom, my colleague, who does that intro for us every week. You're listening to Sportsbook, and it is the week after the Super Bowl. It was a sad outcome for me as a Patriots fan, but it was a very good game. I can't be too angry about it. a very exciting game. No defense on either side, so a lot of points scored. Good game, and I thought the better team that game won. But really good performance by Brady, that is for sure. Tom Brady's got time left to win another Super Bowl. Anyway, we're going to take a little bit of a guest break post Super Bowl, and it's a good time to take stock of the past 12 months or so in sports. The NFL season is over, football's done for a while, although, as we've talked about a lot on this program, Don't expect to stop hearing about football. We know how the NFL tends to dominate the media cycle all year round. But in terms of play on the field, football's done for a while now. Spring training for baseball is right around the corner. We're in the middle of the NBA season. We've got hockey started up. And so it's a good time to look back at three great interviews we were able to do this year outside of this podcast, and that was of three pro sports commissioners. We had three of them at our Yahoo Finance All Markets Summits. We've done two of those in the last year, and actually this week we have a third. Pretty far from sports, it's a cryptocurrency summit, although there are interesting ways in which Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and blockchain has touched the world of sports. In fact, I got quite a lot of pitches for stories about betting on the Super Bowl via the blockchain. Of course, when you hear this on Thursday, the cryptocurrency summit will have just happened the day before. But all of the great interviews and panels are online at Yahoo Finance, so if any of you do have an interest, go check those out. Point being, at our previous two summits, we were able to get commissioners like Gary Bettman of the NHL, Don Garber of Major League Soccer, and just about a year ago, Rob Manfred of Major League Baseball. And I was thinking about the past year or so in sports and uh, the almost eight months we've done of this podcast – And I was wondering, where is it all headed in terms of revenue? Where is it all headed in terms of which leagues get a piece of the gambling pie if there is a change to U.S. sports betting law? Which leagues are well-suited for the next few years and for the future, and which ones may not be? Obviously, we've spent an inordinate amount of time on this podcast talking about the NFL ratings decline, and the numbers for the Super Bowl are out, 103.4 million viewers. That's still huge. That's breaks the top ten barely. It comes in at number ten of the most watched U.S. television events ever. But it's a seven percent drop from last year's Super Bowl viewership. And it's the least watched Super Bowl since 2009. Not great stats. Again, big, big viewership nonetheless. Uh, The Super Bowl is, is a huge ratings bonanza. But it is going down. And so when you think about the major American pro sports leagues, What does it look like in 10 years? Is the NFL still the top dog, maybe by not as much? Has the NBA surpassed it? Has Major League Soccer grown a lot? Because right now, its growth trajectory is very impressive, although it's from a small base. So, I want to play just a few clips of what some of those commissioners had to say. We're going to start off with Rob Manfred. Had some interesting thoughts about, I thought, two specific topics. One, we know that pace of play and the length of a pro baseball game is a current hot topic. It's something people have complained about. They say, oh, baseball is too slow, too boring. Of course, I'm of the mind that things change, and yet things stay the same. I, I think baseball, there are people who are going to complain it takes too long, and there always were and there always will be, no matter what they change. And I'm a little bit of a purist. I'm not necessarily completely against the pitch clock, but I love pro baseball. That's all I'll say. And I think that the length of games, sometimes they go long, and that's okay. Okay. But we asked Manfred about that. He had some interesting things to say. And I also want to hear what he had to say about sports betting. Because right now, we are very close to learning the result of a recent Supreme Court hearing on the case of the New Jersey sports betting change. And that is Christie, that is Chris Christie, versus NCAA et al. A lot of these leagues are on the side of the NCAA, but we know that if there is change to U.S. sports betting law, the leagues are going to want a piece of that money. So here's Rob Manfred, Commissioner of Major League Baseball. There were some new proposals for pace of play from you, Mm -hmm. and that has been uh, sort of an issue that you've made, kind of one of your big sticking points. Uh, I believe the news in the last two days was a proposal to eliminate the intentional four-pitch walk. So uh, let's talk about those and just also how important it is to keep the games tight. Uh, I know that's been an important favorite topic of yours. Well,
0: you know, we believe in in the strength of our product, Uh, particularly in the ballpark. I don't think you hear people complaining about Pace a Game. I think it is more of an issue in our broadcast product. Uh, the amount of time that a baseball game can take is something that we constantly have to pay attention to. I think it's incumbent upon us to make little changes that take dead time out of the game, um, maybe increase the amount of action in the game so that our product stays as compelling as possible.
1: When you think about something like changing the pace of games, I mean, how much of that is reactive to uh, either criticism you hear from fans or from the media? And how much of that is kind of your own pre-baked in opinion? You know, obviously you were working under the previous commissioner for many years and sort of being groomed. So when you, when you come in and you become commissioner, it's been two seasons now, uh, how much of your priorities have you decided ahead of time? And how much are you looking at the public response? Well, we
0: try to be data driven. In terms of the decisions that we make, particularly with respect to the game, which are the most important ones, Um, we've done extensive fan research. We know what our fans think about pace of game. Believe me, Um, the media, you know, with all due respect, we, we, we try to pay less attention to. For us, it's about our fans. It's making sure that we have information and data that's accurate in terms of what fans really do think, and we try to make our decisions there based on There is now
1: that. a lot of momentum and, and maybe more optimism than in the last few years about sports betting in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has been a sort of pet favorite topic of mine. A lot of people in this gaming world are uh, optimistic that a legalized form of sports betting might come along in America now. And uh, obviously the daily fantasy companies, DraftKings, FanDuel, are a big part of this. And a lot of people feel that the rise of daily fantasy sports is maybe fueling this momentum toward legalized sports betting. Uh, Now Major League Baseball happens to have a stake in DraftKings as a result of your partnership. What's your sort of take on the progress towards sports betting? Well, there's a lot
0: in that question. Um, We certainly um, have the same sense that you do. There is this buzz out there in terms of, you know, people feeling that there may be an opportunity here for additional legalized sports betting. Um, From the perspective of our sport, we we are reexamining our stance on gambling. Um, It's a conversation that's ongoing. Um, with the owners. And and here's the issue, and I I think Commissioner Silver probably has framed it the best. Um, Betting can be a form of fan engagement. Um, It can fuel the popularity of a sport. We all understand that. Point one. Point two, sports betting happens okay whether, whether it's legalized here or not it's happening out there so I think the question for sports is really are we better off in a world where we have a nice strong uniform federal regulation of gambling that protects the integrity of the sports provides sports with the tools to, to ensure um, that, that there is integrity in the competition um, or are we better off closing our eyes to that and let it go on as you know illegal gambling and that's a debatable point i mean it is a debatable point and it's one that we're discussing in turn.
1: all right that was rob manfred who of course is still relatively new in the hot seat at major league baseball and boy when he said that about sports betting uh, major league baseball we are re-examining our stance on gambling That made news headlines. Uh, That got picked up a lot of places because people were surprised to hear it so starkly. Of course, over in the NBA, Commissioner Adam Silver has been very vocal about supporting legalized, regulated sports betting in America. But we hadn't heard such a clear statement like that from Major League Baseball. And next up, we also had the chance to interview the NHL Commissioner, Gary Bettman. And he had similarly interesting things to say about sports betting. So I'm going to play that for you. I also want you to listen to Bettman talking about the success they've had with Nashville's hockey team, which, of course, last year went all the way to the Stanley Cup, and then specifically opening a brand new team in Vegas. People didn't think it would happen, but we know that the Las Vegas Golden Knights are up and running, and in fact, they're one of the very best teams in their very first year as a team, so that's been interesting to watch. And uh, I found it kind of interesting to hear what Bettman had to say about how you start up A new expansion team from nothing. Take a listen. Gary, your season just started. The NHL regular season has returned. And this season we have a brand new team in Las Vegas. Yes, Which I think a lot of people never thought they'd see the day. Uh, Tell us about going from zero to one to having a brand new team in a brand new market.
2: Well, first of all, uh, the criteria that we look at before we expand is what shape is the league in? Uh, What shape are the other franchises in? Is this an opportune time for us to consider adding another team? And our franchises, the game has never been stronger. Game on the ice is as competitive as it's ever been. We probably have the best competitive balance in all of sports. Uh, Our ownership is the strongest it's ever been and so our franchises are all doing well. We were approached uh, by a number of people and in cities interested in the team. And the criteria you really want to look at are one, what's the market? Do they have a nice new arena? Who's the owner going to be? And that may be the most important criteria. And what will it do to enhance the game, the image of the game, the league's brand? And in the case of Las Vegas, and no knock on anyone else who was applying or interested, uh, they had a brand new arena. It's a city surrounding areas, about 2 million people, large city, no professional sports. We did a little bit of digging in terms of people have this notion of Las Vegas that it's the strip and nothing else, which happens not to be the case. There's a community of lots of people who want to do things that you do in any other city. And Bill Foley uh, said, and he had the resources to do it, I'm committed to hockey, I want a team, and I'm committed to Las Vegas.
1: Uh, as we talk about Las Vegas, obviously, you know, you, you said earlier there's a certain image that Vegas has and maybe people thought it would be a certain way and it, and it looks like it won't necessarily be the case, but when people think of Vegas plus sports, I mean, you think obviously of sports betting, and we're seeing a strong tide in America toward maybe a change in sports betting law. Uh, and among commissioners, you know, your your peer, uh, the NBA commissioner Adam Silver, has most notably come out very strong in support. Wrote a New York Times op-ed in 2014. Yep. Uh, what is your stance, I guess, personally, and then also the NHL's stance towards sports betting?
2: I'm not sure my stance and the NHL's are much different. Uh, it's good to have consistency in your life. the The fact of the matter is, we are a very small part of the betting. Uh, Maybe we're one percent of the book. The nature of our game is compared to football, and basketball doesn't lend itself to the widespread betting that you get. We, we, my, my only focus is what will it do to the atmosphere in the arena? Okay, if you is it not that there's anything wrong with race tracks or high life frontons, but is it that type of atmosphere, or is it about the purity of the game and being there for the competition that? that team sports, will give you, and uh, it hasn't been an issue for us. And, in fact, the early returns are there hasn't been a whole lot more betting uh, on us, and in particular on the Golden Knights, because the people who are going to those games are fans.
1: Do you support a change to sports betting law in America? Uh,
2: I'm agnostic to it. I I don't think it helps. I don't think it hurts. Uh, I do think laws should be complied with, so I'm hoping the Supreme Court uh, affirms PASPA in terms of the New Jersey litigation. Uh, If there's going to be a change, it should be done the right
1: way. I don't know if we have any Tennessee fans in the crowd. You you have (laughs)
2: to disclose your conflict, though, if we're having this conversation.
1: That's right. My girlfriend's from Nashville. She's a big fan. So I've I've become a a Pretz fan. And it's really interesting. Last year, because they were in the Stanley Cup, which had record ratings, the Stanley Cup did, on television, uh, I think the media kind of woke up to Nashville being a hockey town and suddenly everyone started reporting, wow, Nashville is this big hockey town. Of course, it had been for years. But it, it is interesting. I think a lot of people who aren't necessarily huge hockey fans aren't aware of this. How do you turn a city that people don't think of as a, as a place where there'd be pro hockey into a hockey town? You
2: know, I, I, that's a great question. We, we saw it as we discussed in Las Vegas after the tragedy. When, it, when a team becomes a part of the community, when the players are visible and doing the good works that so many of our players do in the community for charitable and social causes, when, when a team's performance feels uplifting, when a team, in effect, brings people together, which is what we think NHL hockey should be all about, people feel connected to their city, to their team, Uh, And Nashville has built great traditions over the last couple of decades. Nashville has great fans, the team has been embraced by the country music community, and we we had concerts outdoors on Broadway, between 50 and 100,000 people showing up before games. The big question was who is gonna sing the national anthem? Uh, and it was all good. And that was part of the bonding of Nashville taking the stage as a major sports city. I think the people in Nashville felt good about it. I heard, I met countless people who would come downtown during a Stanley Cup final game even though they didn't have tickets. They just wanted to be a part of the event. Uh, and that's part of a, a city and a team bonding in all the right ways. And yes, they have built traditions over the years and the fan base grew and grew and grew. It was. A little secret because people, again, and it's what I said before, you know, when I say the teams with the best records right now are not your, quote, traditional, I don't even know what that means anymore, hockey markets, but hockey plays well wherever we have a team.
1: All right, that was Gary Bettman of the NHL. And finally, most recently, I had a chance to interview on stage at our live summit Don Garber the longtime commissioner of Major League Soccer. Uh, Really liked getting a chance to talk to Don, and as we've written a lot at Yahoo Finance, Major League Soccer has really grown recently. Uh, In its most recent season, it broke all kinds of attendance records, so that was big. Of course, the Atlanta stadium had an outsized influence on those numbers because we know that the new Atlanta team is playing in the new Atlanta Falcons stadium. And that Falcon Stadium can hold a lot more people than the average MLS stadium can. But broke attendance records, and on the field, uh, broke a record for the most total points by a team. So I guess this season we saw the greatest MLS team ever, at least statistically speaking. Anyway, we asked Don about this current controversy. The Columbus, Ohio team, that's the Columbus crew, the owner has indicated that he would like to move the team to Austin, Texas. Interesting for a number of reasons. One, of course, the Columbus fans are upset. There's been a months-old now social media campaign, hashtag save the crew. They don't want the team to leave, but the team hasn't been making very much money. The games don't sell out, and that owner would like more money and a bigger stadium. And if the team heads to Austin, that would be Austin's first big pro team, so that's also a separate but related really interesting narrative. Uh, I believe the latest this week is that the team was scouting out potential sites in Austin, but I saw a story that the owner hasn't yet procured funds for a brand new stadium. So this is not a done deal, and Major League Soccer is not yet saying it's a done deal, and the team might stay in Columbus. But listen to what Garber had to say about the considerations that come into play when you talk about moving a team, and then, just like the other two commissioners, we got Garber's take on legalized sports betting. Listen. From the amazing attendance and instant success of this atlanta team you have a team right now that wants to relocate attendance has been low that is the columbus crew in columbus ohio uh, there is talk of moving that team to austin texas and the fans that do exist in columbus of the crew are upset understandably they don't want the team to move what is the latest on the columbus crew situation i mean obviously austin getting a pro soccer team would be great for austin but then what about the fans right. in Columbus?
3: So let me start that uh, it's, it's not proper to say they want to move. What they're doing is evaluating what their options are to determine whether or not it makes sense to move to Austin or whether or not it makes sense for them to have factors that will improve uh, their performance and stay in the city of Columbus. So no decision has been made to uh, move to Austin. Uh, and sitting as a commissioner, no league, and certainly no leader of a league, wants to uh, move a club. We've done it once in the history of our league. We moved Seattle, uh, San Jose to Houston. Uh, we ended up two years later coming back to San Jose with a brand new stadium and new owner, John Fisher of the Gap family. We now have a team in the playoffs. Uh, the, our Houston team that's owned by a great owner with a brand new stadium in downtown Houston. So there are times when you make these traumatic decisions that long-term they could be uh, beneficial for, uh, for the sport uh, and the league overall. Uh, the good news here is people are talking. Uh, we just announced yesterday we're, uh, we're gonna have a meeting with the mayor, we're gonna have the me- a meeting with the Columbus Partnership to see what kinds of things need to happen for uh, the crew to uh, work with the city and stay. And last point, and I don't want to hit this one too hard, but you know these things are traumatic, and, uh, and I respect and I understand that. The owner is a good guy. Uh, he believes in the sport. He believes in Major League Soccer. He very much believes in his team. He wants to be successful. He's done an incredible job investing on and off the, t- uh, the field. It's one of the most successful teams in MLS over the last number of years. We're all gonna to work together to get the right outcome, uh, and I'm confident that uh, we'll all be able to find the right way to achieve that.
1: You mentioned possible factors that could improve things in Columbus. What can an, M- an MLS team that is having low attendance do to turn things around?
3: You know, there, there are a lot of things they can do. There are a lot of things that they could work with the city to do. They have a facility challenge that they're trying to uh, address. Uh, all of that will be discussed and we'll figure out uh, after those meetings. It'll happen in the next couple of weeks uh, to see if there's an outcome that can be in everybody's best interest.
1: We also spoke with the NHL commissioner about the success it is seeing early on in Vegas. Uh, the NFL wants to move a team there. Is Las Vegas a market that would do well with an MLS team? And since I'm bringing up Vegas, I'd love to get your take on the national momentum sure. with sports betting. You
3: know, there there was a lot of momentum as the 12 were coming together. Uh, Carolyn Goodman, the mayor of, of Las Vegas, had a group that was together. We looked at a number of different sites. Uh, they never ultimately put their group together with the right site to be part of this initial bid process. But I'm a believer in Las Vegas, not just because of, I think, the great value the NFL will have with people traveling to those eight games or their preseason games beyond that, or maybe playoff games or a Super Bowl, uh, and coming in because there's so many things to do. If you really fo- follow what's going on with Sappos, what's going on with the hundreds of thousands of people that work in industries that may or may not be there because they're gambling, or participating in the entertainment options, but they want to have things that matter to them. They want to have local sports teams. They want to do things that are, you know, allow them to feel about their city the way you would feel about New York living in Brooklyn and going to NYCFC game. I think both clubs will be successful. As it relates to gambling, you know, one of the only values of being the youngest major league here and sometimes being under the radar, we get sensitive about that even after all these years, Is I think it gives us the opportunity to push the envelope on a number of different things. Uh, As it relates to FIFA, we're pushing them on technology. We're the first league to have video review fully rolled rolled out uh, in MLS so that there's a video review system that doesn't exist in the Premier League, for example. As it relates to gambling, I do believe that we could lead this effort because I don't know that everybody will see soccer as having the same challenges that perhaps would exist if the NFL was gonna come out in support of it. Major League Soccer was not part of the group that Gary talked about that was lobbying down in D.C. uh, for the bill that was being passed in New Jersey. Gambling on games, betting on games, is part of the DNA of football around the world. Go to a game in Chelsea or in Stamford Bridge, somebody's coming to your seat or in your box with a tout sheet. And you can place a bet and it's not just on game outcomes it's things that happen within the game long way to go a long answer but uh, i'm a big proponent that it's going to happen we might as well be in front of it i think there are great values to our tax revenues to be able to do that i don't think we can stop it so maybe we'd even leave the charge
1: all right well that was our little sample for you a little sampling of the commissioners. We were lucky enough to interview three U.S. Pro Sports Commissioners in the last year. And here in the post-Super Bowl lull, we wanted to give a little taste, a little array of what they had to say. We will be back soon. And I'm sure in the next few weeks and months, we'll be focusing on golf. I know I'm excited about that. Here come the majors. Baseball, soon enough. And I hope to do more about hockey. So I hope you'll stick with us and listen to all the different storylines and narratives that come up in sports, business, sports, and money. It's a big beat, and I have loved uh, being able to discuss and pick apart and analyze and interpret the season that was in the NFL. Quite an interesting season business-wise, that is for sure. So what's going to happen next year? We don't know. We'd love to hear your take. Please find me on Twitter or send me an email. And thank you so much for listening, as always. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to the Yahoo Finance Sportsbook Podcast. We will be back very soon with more, and I hope that you will hear us then. We'll see you over the airwaves. Bye.